Max Verstappen wins the 2022 World Championship again, again, in his home race. It's getting to a point now where he could almost take the rest of the season off and still win the championship. Ferrari go full Ferrari again, and George Russell ends up on the podium. G'day there. My name is James Baldwin. Welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we're reviewing the Dutch Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friends and yours, Tommy T. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. And Thomas J. Camp. Gentlemen, how are we? Yes, we are. Thank you so much for asking. Are you well? We are well, and, and of course, produced as always by the very handsome, the one and only, the one and only. What's your name again? Sorry. G'day. This is Ezekiel Thomas Fenn. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> Mate, where were you Sunday morning to? Uh, to uh, I don't know. What do you do? What do you produce? do? Produce. Good. It's going well. I couldn't uh, breathe Sunday morning. Was that hungover? Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry. I did re-listen to that podcast this morning. Where, wow, we are exceptionally both very flash. Uh, I think both very hungover as well. Although I didn't have an excuse of a wedding, uh, so there is that. Look, guys, the Dutch Grand Prix, um, the worst track on the calendar, and China is a better track. What are your thoughts? Very xenophobic of you, <laughs> and I've mentioned this already. You just hate the Dutch. You want an HR department, uh, you have a request. I feel like it should be Manus, <laughs> if anyone. <laughs> He's very neutral uh, and, uh, yeah, I'd back him in over you, that's for sure. I was so I was so bored by lap 28, whatever, I went to bed and, and re-watched the highlight. Just before Yuki had got, his issue is when I went to bed. I reckon it got exciting about lap 30. Yeah, just, before, just after I went to bed, yeah. yeah, because I re-watched it and to be fair to Zandvoort, it actually stepped up. Oh. And it was really good. Cracking track. Those helicopter views are just what you want. So long I as you can watch see. The, it looks I could crack. watch the whole race on helicopter view if I could just scan between the battles that I wanted to watch. It'd be awesome. Great. All right. Well, there you go. The eye in the sky himself. <laughs> hey, That's what we need. F1 TV director right here. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. No. No, it wouldn't be great at all, would it? No, absolutely. Uh, well, look, a massive thank you to you if you've uh, become a Patreon recently, or patron rather recently, that you guys are legends. Seriously, uh, unbelievable the amount of um, the people who want to support the show. Thank you, thank you for that. Um, and thank you for buying merchandise as well. A couple of you have done that recently too. So there'll be some more merch designs probably that will happen at some point with Tommy T when we get to designing it. Now, look. We've been pretty negative about this whole thing. Us. And when I say we, I mean myself. Uh, and I need to pull myself out of this rut. About- <laughs> the royal we, meaning you. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. You. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good laugh. <laughs> also, um, I think maybe I should just run through the soundboard for everyone's uh, affairs. Here we go. This is so the this worst is- you thing ever. This is yep. just for James. <laughs> this is just for me, just so everyone's aware. Also, with the podcast stewards, I should also run this out too. Ezekiel Fenn here in the corner. <laughs> Is the podcast steward now? We're Ugh. not. We're not doing this live at the moment. Um, we will get to a point. But it's he not gets even to, listening to us. But he's he gets your voice. Listen to music. <laughs> he, he ain't going to be a steward. He gets to. He gets to hand out penalties. Uh, and when we, if you do get a penalty, you get your mic turned off for a period of time. Um, and if if it's a stupid re- penalty request, then you get your own mic turned off. Anyway, the most so, downloaded episodes of me and you, Tommy. So. Based purely on absolutely no fact whatsoever. Absolutely no fact. Anyway, whatever. I'll run through the soundboard through the show as we go along. Uh, but I love that there was 50% of the audience who loved my excessive use of soundboard, specifically that sound effect, and 50% was like, please stop. 
please put yourself in the bin. Uh, no, I'm not going to. Annoying actor kid in class who's just too creative, which is own good, that can't sit still, that everyone really dislikes until he gets somewhat. I don't know. It's him. He just grew up. <laughs> <laughs> At least the actor kid knows how to use a microphone properly rather than inhaling <laughs> it. Uh, Oscar Piastri is. Oh, good Lord. Oscar Piastri is. <laughs> That visual, no one needs that. Uh, <sighs> show some bloody respect. Seriously, Laminado, you're absolutely correct. Uh, look, I want to talk about Oscar Piastri in a positive light, gentlemen. Can we stop talking about this now? Like he's, you don't want to talk about Oscar Piastri? Three, we've had three conf- three podcasts we've talked about him. Who cares? About Oscar Piastri. Awesome. He's got a okay, seat cool, next great. year. Wicked. Excellent. Move on. Fantastic. Good. Thanks very much for ruining that segment. Yep. Uh, let's move on then to, Tick. I guess, Campy's Discord Comment of the Week. And now it's time for the Discord Comment of the Week. <laughs> you know what's just happened? Actually, we've just replicated Ted and Crofty, uh, except oh, I was able to move on I think Campy forgets that not everyone's going to listen to just his bloody podcast. Some people yeah. are just going to skip that because they want to listen to me and you. We'll come back to it. Uh, this Ugh. is my favourite. Beefcake Mega uh, on Signs' Pit Stop. One, two, three. Yeah, that looks good. Wait, we need how many tyres? Yeah, four. Real left as well. Ferrari just, honestly, are they any of them paying attention at any point through a race weekend? Seriously, it's embarrassing. Hey, Tommy T, do you want to talk about Oscar Piastri? I do a little bit. Excellent. No one cares about Oscar Piastri though, right, Cappy? Oh, I'm sick of having this conversation. I'm, I'm with you there. It is, it is a lot, but a lot of it has been out of his control. Now we actually have something to report on. He's got to drive. It's going to be exciting. We can't wait to see him in a car. Yeah. Hopefully two Australians in F1, which yep. will be great for all of us. And if not, we've still got an Aussie in F1, right? Yeah. The, the positive out of this is Oscar Piastri gets to join the grid. Um, and you're right. We haven't spoken about that. We did on Sunday, but uh, show some. Show some bloody respect. Campy at Tommy T. Uh, you've got you've to think about it as a positive way because it is very easy to be cynical, as we have said about Formula One time and time again. Uh, and anyway, I think the way that the media has spun it, it's been pretty unfair towards Oscar. Um, there was, as we said yesterday, a really great article on F1.com. And if you haven't yet read that article with Lawrence, Lawrence Barreto, yep. chatting with Oscar Piastri, it was very, very good indeed. Uh, all right, well, let's do this. <laughs> Please, God, what the hell is going on in Sky at the moment? It was odd, wasn't it? It was odd. Worse than odd. I think my biggest takeaway was I don't agree with throwing flares on the track, but you know what I hate even more is the way the British feel like they need to scold the rest of the world like it's still the Crusades (laughs) and they're in charge of the entire world. Just settle down. People celebrate in different ways. You aren't the kings of the universe. Just relax. They were like scolding children. It was like a principal coming in and going and giving people like the bloody strap. Just settle down. You're not in charge of the entire world. The Euros are crazy. That was my bloody hot hot tip there, wasn't it? I just went off. The hot tip. You did. <laughs> the Euros are crazy. It's their God-given right to buy flares and let them off. <laughs> the States has fireworks. Australia, we've got nothing because we're shit. I, I agree that the they should just set off as many flares as they want. At the end of the day, yeah. it's... It, it's they smell terrible, they taste terrible, and it gets in your face. But I mean, throwing flares onto the track, dumb, stupid. Dude. Don't do that. But everything else, let off as many as you want. Yeah, and it's like F one decided midway through the weekend. Oh, flares are illegal now. Make sure you don't throw yeah. them. 
I love it at the gate. Why weren't they illegal The original that? sign at the gate was, please hand your flares in at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please check okay. your flares. Yeah. No worries, guys. Righto. Yeah. That was a bit odd. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this David Croft, Ted Kravitz thing. Now, that was a bit of a power dynamic, I think. Maybe Ted's trying to vie for his, for his job and just going, you know what? You're useless at the moment. I'm going to take over and tell you when you should be talking and when you should not. Ted wants a promotion from yeah. the pits. He wants to get up into the air conditioned <laughs> studio. So he doesn't do shorts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's that bloody headphone in the mic pack. I imagine that's not a light situation he's got going on. But it was quite odd because he wanted to do the right thing, right? Nothing was happening on track. So he's yeah. like, well, let's yeah. take the break now, come back and we yeah. can. In practice, no. are we talking about? Yeah. 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 And, and the way that Crofty dealt with it was. Poor at best. Child. Child, yeah. Oh, you know, you're producing the show now, are you, mate? TV. I'll give them. Who cares? Yeah. Live TV is hard. Like, we'll give them that. But don't be the petulant child that you are. Yeah. And just kind of, like, roll with the punches. Yes, and. add. Like, let's do this. It was just very bizarre. We pay for this. You know what is is true, though? When Nico Rosberg is on the broadcast, whether he's there or he's dialed in from his – He's a dickhead and we should <laughs> never see him on the TV ever, ever, ever again. I messaged this to the group though. I think it's better when he's remote because there's less of him. Yeah. Because they don't go to him constantly. It's like they, they throw to him for a minute segment at a time and that's all you get rather than just constant Nico white shoe wearing whatever pants situation he's running usually on the on the – the grid, which I think you're trying to emulate when you get onto the grid, isn't that right, James? Uh, it's YouTube channel. I'll look at the boat I'm buying. I thought, fuck you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about your boat. And he does it in English and German, so he records everything twice. <laughs> Real squid. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. True. Recording oh. things twice is stupid. Oh, oh, wow. That is outstanding. <laughs> That's the podcast. Thank you so much oh, for listening. I, Goodbye. I haven't even met him and I'm just, yeah, I'm off him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good anthem. Uh, I was going to say, that's that's the next part we have to get to. Anthem. The anthem. Yeah. Oh, she was 10. Who, sorry? The, an- was 10, the anthem was 10 yeah, out of 10. The anthem was 10 out of 10. That's what I thought you said. Uh, Show some bloody respect. <laughs> Thank you, Laminato. Uh, yes. Um, look, I guess it was okay. I don't know. Not a fan? Oh, it's Dutch, you know, so. You just don't like Dutch. I'm <laughs> just leaning into it. Just. I can I can foresee the text messages from you and Freya <laughs> afterwards. Uh, although, what did she say in Dutch on our... Then you can't enjoy our cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Which is excellent from her. <laughs> Very good. I didn't. I couldn't be bothered getting, using translates. Figure. I was like, oh, let's ask the other Dutchie. Do they have good cheese? In- Do they have good cheese? In- <laughs> Do you? Just the Dutch and just dairy farmers. What is going on in, in this episode? I know nothing about the joint. <laughs> I love the orange mills. About it. Do you mind the Netherlands? It's all three things. It's oh, Dutch make up your mind. It's like being married and having a conversation three times, getting three different answers. <laughs> the hot tip. <laughs> Is that your marriage hot tip for the weekend? No, no, no. Move on. Uh <laughs> This is, a, this is a disaster. What is going on this with you? What is Four you? blokes in a room. This is just disastrous. That's outstanding. What I was going to say was for you, not that I've asked for a score, but because Jensen was on commentary, surely it pushes it up to Way a 10. Way better. He's outstanding. Yeah. Anytime Jensen's there, uh, I thought for a minute we were going to have to deal with um, Paul DeResta. 
because he was kind of on the pre-show. I was like, oh, no, please don't. I thought Jensen was around. And then Jensen came. I was like, thank you. That's exactly yep. what we want. Because he's excellent. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not understands how to sort of get in the driver's mind still. Isn't Doesn't say weird things like Rosberg does and doesn't constantly remind us that he – did no. you know that he beat Lewis Hamilton in the same machinery? For You're a kidding. Like, when? Unbelievable. Oh, I couldn't tell you. wasn't paying attention. Uh, but it wasn't too bad from a broadcast point of view. The helicopter shots, yeah, were pretty epic. Like, yeah. Pretty epic. This track looks epic and the way where it's actually located is good. Uh, all right. So overall, television broadcast, not such a bad thing. All right, Campy. <laughs> oh, God. <that's> nice. <laughs> It's Campy's bin. Who's in your bin? Uh, Absolutely not him. Ferrari strategy crew. <laughs> it's a fair call. It's a great call. Do they have a strategy crew oh. at this point? Oh. Seriously. How was it when Perez ran over the gun too and they were oh. trying to replace the gun? Couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the air. Airlines off. Yeah. Pressure off. Oh, jeez, I was laughing. Italians. Man. What do they do? They build cars and motorbikes that are like, 95% there. They just can't find that last 5% <laughs> to win anything. I think it's like, it just goes back to that old Top Gear skit. They just bugger off and go have lunch or just <laughs> yeah. do something else, don't they? <laughs> they just get nearly, oh, we're nearly done. Like, it's it's only like, like half an hour job. We'll just do that tomorrow, right? It's like Alfa Romeo's. They just break somewhere all the time. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. It's, it's an odd situation because, again, it just becomes, I mean, Carlos Sainz and Charlotte Clerc have to be looking their situation going, there is just legitimately no way that I'm ever winning a world championship with this team. But the, the machinery and stuff's there. It's, this is the people part of it. Behind the scenes, that, like it's screwing it up. That's what I'm saying. Like as a package, Red Bull is an amazing racing outfit. As a package, Mercedes, yeah. even though George made the strategy call, not Lewis or not the team necessarily, and that's whatever. I mean, fair enough. Fair play to, for George for doing that. There's still a team that know how to win. Ferrari is still making mistakes, like rookie mistakes, like leaving the wheel gun out. Like, seriously, for that, oh, it just it honestly it boggles my mind that this team that has so much control over this sport is doing so, are doing so many rookie mistakes. Anyway, I, just, I cannot understand what is going on over in Ferrari. Look, let's go through team by team analysis. If you want to listen to our qualifying chat, Campy's Corner, excellent artwork by you, by the way, across everything. What do you think, Campy? Yeah, it was good. Nice. Respect. Did you see the? Did you see the in the background on the right hand side? Yes, there's, I saw the bin, mate. And I said, not the bin. No, the bin. It's the a wallpaper. subtle, a subtle wallpaper. There's an American flag, oh, subtly yeah. in the. Oh, look at some stars and stripes back there. Uh, Got to do it. Check this out. Open your iPad. I was, wa- <laughs> I was watching myself before on YouTube. I was like, you would be it. watching yourself on YouTube, mate. Oh, good. This is great content. Luckily, we're filming this. I'm going to hope you're all enjoying Why is there shorts on me? Oh, I like that. Well done. <laughs> Why are there shorts on me? That's the comment of the week. Uh, all right, let's go through our team-by-team team analysis, shall we, lads? Uh, let's start, unfortunately, the very back of the pack with Alfa Romeo. Now, Valtteri Bottas hasn't been knocked out of Q1 basically since Williams. Um, uh, and then twice in a row was very disappointing for him. Alfa Romeo, he just couldn't quite get it together this weekend. Uh, Campy, obviously he had his failure down that main straight. The Ferrari power unit sounded very, very sick, didn't it, as he shifted out? Yeah, it was an interesting one. He, um, again, but they're a team that I don't really follow at the moment. I'm stoked for VB. He's got to drive for two years. He seems to be in a really happy place personally. 
but the results aren't coming at the moment. But no. that's sort of traditionally how Alfa Romeo and Sauber have come. Coming out of the blocks really hard, really good, solid base to the car, but then they lack the resources that other teams have yeah. to get massive upgrades. And as the season goes on, they drop off. For them, it's the first half of the year you look at and go, okay, that's great. And then they, because of reality, they have to move on and look towards next year's car. So it's a shame for uh, – Shame for Valtteri, but yeah, it's the Ferrari power unit, right? It's just a dud. It's well, it's the least. Sorry, it's not a dud. It's the least reliable power <laughs> unit on the grid. We're just not seeing a lot of them to really comment, really, are we? Like you saw that the engine fan. That was the first time I'd seen VB that whole entire race. Like he's just cruising around at the back and just Alpha really dropped this year. Do you remember last year we had to keep reminding people and each other that Antonio Giovinazzi was in yeah. the Grand Prix? It's now it's VB. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's exactly, maybe it's the team. Maybe the, the TV director, maybe you should be the TV director campy. The TV director is just allergic to showing up from our Saubers. Yeah. Yeah. I'd leave all the British drivers <laughs> off as well. How good would that be? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Who's George uh, Russell? <laughs> Russell? Lando who? Lewis Russell what? George uh, is <laughs> representing a German team. Uh, Joe Guan Yu. Now, this is a seat that is open for next year still. Uh, by all accounts, it's pretty much guaranteed that he's going to remain there. We spoke last week about Tio Pacher potentially coming in because he's a Sauber junior. Um, but Sauber, he said to Sauber he's not doing Formula 2 next year. And I imagine Sauber's going to say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Great. Um, Go to Formula E. Do you want to be a reserve driver? <laughs> well, I mean, they don't have or a DGM. team. This is the thing. Like, where is Where else does Sauber have... Race cars, it's not Formula E, not other, any other single-seated series from what I know. And Formula E's maxed out grid, their grid too, so they're not dropping drivers like they were and then trying to find new ones. It's not like there's open seats there either. So mm. these young kids are going to come out of F2 and F3 and struggle to find drives, like really good drives if they're not cutting it. Yeah, well, unless you're McLaren, in which case I imagine there's 17 people who have been signed for the, the one seat that's left from yeah. for them for next year. Uh, but yeah. Joe Guanyu is... Again, we still don't see a lot of him, but when we do see his wheel-to-wheel battles, his situational awareness is, like, really good. Well, he was in the junior formulas for how long? Like, he was there for True. a while. So he's quite a veteran for a rookie uh, F1 driver. He's been driving for a long time. He, he's he's a really good driver. Like, yeah. But this is the pinnacle, as we talk about, and there's this is the 20 best drivers in the world. I don't know if he's in that category, you'd say. Yeah, I think. He's done enough for me. I was going to say, and next year we will go to China as a racetrack, so that will be the weekend that he brings in all the money and every bit of value. One race every two years for him, more than enough. That'll just be everything that Chinese market wants and needs. So, plus I think he's just such a nice guy. Like, yeah, genuinely, oh, yeah. I would love, yeah. I would love to chat. Maybe I should reach out to Alpha, Alpha Romeo Salber and see if we can get him on for a chat because that would be. Like genuinely one of like the first driver that we talk to, I think that would just be a really cool thing to do because he seems like a really authentic guy I like this podcast. Like you can't be such an authentic guy. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. Let's keep going. Let's talk about us. You need to just leave that with a laugh. <laughs> Mick, I was, I was sorry, I can't. I can't control myself. Mick Schumacher. We're, we're in a mood, unfortunately, Zeke. <laughs> Zeke and I were in a mood. You've been neutral. Campy's come in from I've a walked into this podcast studio and it is... It is a weird energy. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Weird energy is better than being remote. Uh, Mick Schumacher. 
great qualifying. Uh, Campy, super good qualifying, but not really the performance that he was hoping for. We like were all Ma- hoping for. He's a bit like Mark Webber off the start line, isn't he? Just yeah. fails to get going. Yeah. I think he dropped back uh, four positions on lap one back to P10 or P11. Yeah. So that was a shame. And the car didn't have the pace over the race distance. I thought if he had got a good start, put himself up there, he may have been able to get the gap like Lando did to the rest of the field that he could – Sort of stay there the rest of the race, but the pace just wasn't in the car from the get-go. It was a, it's a shame for him because he's on the nose somewhat at Haas. They don't really want to keep him. He does have value in the sport. I think it's easy to give him one more year in the perspective of Formula 1 going for the next 150, 200 years. Give him another year to see where he gets to, but who knows where he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Zanvoort as well with the in- – the extended DRS didn't do him any favours. I think maybe last year's track, last year's kind of DRS zones, he might have been able to hang on to his position because it was so hard to follow. But that was just enough this year for them to get passed on turn one. So I think that really ruined him and his poor start, really, to be honest. It was he qualified good. well. He did qualify well. And it was good to hear his positive radio messages after the, his qualifying session too. Um, God, we just don't hear enough of his mechanic on uh, the broadcast anymore. Glenn, I think. Uh, I guess it's like a lullaby. Yeah, seriously. Just stories. Anytime, anything he wants to read out, he could read out the entire regulations of Formula One, actually, and he'd make it interesting. Um, K Mag, though, 15. Now, this is not someone who is racing, sorry, who's putting in a drive for their seat for next year. K Mag absolutely shone at the beginning of this year. And of course, the upgrades that were brought for Haas, the first upgrades was only in Hungary. So, uh, this is the second race since, so third race rather, since bringing those upgrades that they're able to sort of dial it in. As I said on your episode, Campy, that this was the most akin to Hungary downforce wise, so they could see what sort of upgrades they're, they're using. But I wonder if we've sort of seen the same with Alfa Romeo, that these junior Ferrari teams, for want of a better term, are coming out, or customer teams rather, coming out strong because of the power unit was so much stronger than the Rebel powertrains, because of course they, I mean, it's been such a long season. Uh, we forget that. We had some issues with with Max and Checo early on, which allowed you know obviously these Ferraris to finish where they did, but they're just not developing that pace like Mercedes clearly is doing so, and and the Red Bull powertrain unit. So it's it's a shame that these are now the two teams towards the back because it's kind of like copy paste from last year. I was really hoping at least one like Haas genuinely yeah. Haas would be the the team sort of fighting for fourth, like fighting McLaren and Alpine properly, but it doesn't seem to be that way. Uh, which is disappointing. Yeah. Like, it, it was a very scrappy race from KMA, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He was all over the place. That save that he had, though, when he actually hit the barrier early on, I think it was lap one, lap yeah, two. Yeah, Great save to do that, but it was also while we were in that situation. It was because he was trying to wring the neck of the car and really get more out of it early on for track position. But I, I think the problem is these teams are still on the back end of funding and kind of engineering and kind of team development. So... It's, it makes sense that later in the season that they're dropping off. Yeah. No, I think that's, that is a very fair call. Williams, however, seemed like – and look, Albon finished 12th, but Albon's pace at the moment is bloody good. Now, he's a good driver. What 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 did you class him as a driver? Uh, B plus? B, B, B. He's not a B plus. For we me. need to do this podcast with Campy Gasser and give us <laughs> grades. <laughs> I think Zeke's nodding over there. He's excited yeah. by this content. Excited? Are you excited? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yes. That's an affirmative. 
Uh, okay, so he's a B driver, uh, but again, there's no pressure on him whatsoever. It's it's he's very happy that he's got to drive. He's been announced for next year. Jos Capito is doing great things with that team. Um, they're making these very small steps forward, admittedly, but at least they're moving in the right direction. He got Albon got the strategy right last night. He started on the hard. He's the only one in the back of that field to stay out late, and it put him in fifth to sixth position. I mean, he's in front of Lando after Lando's first pit stop, so. Danny Rick was right behind him and in his DRS zone and decided to pit and that was a nightmare. Yeah. He should have followed that same that same go long on the hard. That was that was the alternative option all day. And Williams was the only team that got it right. And uh kudos to him. He was able to jump those four or five annoying drivers like your Seb Vettels, your Magnussons and your Schumachers, um, and your Yuki Sonoda. And Gaz, he was able to jump those guys by going along in that first thing. So he got it right, but there's some pace in that car, particularly on a low down, uh, very high downforce track. So good on him. Yeah, it's like genuinely good to see Tommy T. Yeah, we, we like Albon. We think he's a nice guy and he's, he'd be a nice character to stay in F1, but can be spot on. And that's when Williams were doing good things last year with George, it was committing to alternative strategies risking it all to try and get points and do those things. And that's what they've done again. So that's what they should continue to do because head to head, you're not going to beat the top three teams. But if you go alternate strategy, you might luck into some heavy points or get that sneaky podium with a late safety car or something or some rain or anything. If you're doing the alternative strategy and you're there to take it when it, when it arises, that's how you're going to get those results. It's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I asked you this question in the trajectory section of a team that's right down the very back and they end up coming towards at least the mid-pack. And my example was McLaren with yep. Stoffer yep. Van Dorn and Alonso failing at the back, flailing and failing. Uh, Williams are now in that sort of similar period of 2019 to what McLaren was doing. So Lando and Carlos starting to get some results. Uh, obviously, they're not getting anywhere near a podium like Carlos did in Brazil, but they are starting to step forward. Do you think because of obviously the funding they've got and a driver like Alex Albon, do you think that at some point, maybe in the next three or four years, Williams won't be a team that is that Sergei Sorotkin, Kubica kind of... Team oh, it was of yesteryear. Team of yesteryear, whereas actually, like, genuinely a play. Because imagine, I know we're not talking about the, the drive yeah. market thing, but imagine if at the moment for Daniel Ricciardo, the two options were Alpine or Williams because they're both, you know, fighting in that mid-pack. They're not, they're a customer team. So history would suggest in the way the sport's going, they're going to be, what they're fighting for in reality is the fifth best car on the grid. And that is, you know, beating a McLaren, you know, and then the Alpine and the, the four manufacturers ahead of them. Um, they are on the right trajectory and they would probably be getting some of the performances like your um, Alpha Terry's did in the Honda last year and, you know, some of the results that uh, K-Mag got earlier in the mm. year. This year, the difference is they were in the position to do that. This year, the position is that Mercedes engine was not yes. very good from yep. start to from you know, so they've come off this era where they've been so far behind, and they've clawed themselves back under Claire Williams to get to the point where hey, they are actually competitive against a couple of cars on the grid. Now they're competitive against you know genuinely four or five teams and the McLaren or one of the McLaren cars anyway, but they just lack that extra push to jump up because of the the engine that Mercedes have given at the moment. 
Do you think it, if, and we love Gotifi here, he is the god of, of Formula One as far as many people are concerned, but do you think if they had a strong second driver as well, like an Alex Albon type that you would maybe see a little bit more development of the car a little faster? Because we're talking, it's interesting because we're talking a little bit like Alonso is really quick, but he's not good at developing a car. That was your point, which I agree with you on. Mm. Like you think about the Ferrari and you think about his time at Renault. I'm not sure I completely agree with that, but that's. Agree with your own 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 statement. No, no, I've never said that I agreed (laughs) with it, but that has been historically what people in the paddock have thought of him. That's a penalty, Zeke. And that's the way they've read into it. Go back your and honor. check that. <laughs> Present your case. <laughs> Present your case. 25 words You himself you from a day ago. You, no. can't have, you can't have a point and then completely change your I mind. I made that point, but I said the rap on him from some in the paddock has been this. I didn't say whether I believed it or not. If you chose to read the storyline history that way, it is a perspective you could look at it. It's not necessarily my perspective. What are we? What are we requesting? How many seconds no, of a I'm penalty? It back, actually, he's kind <laughs> of right. <laughs> redacted. Okay. All right, redacted. <laughs> Dear Michael, I sent you an email, but actually, please disregard. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it later after the event. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, so then, if the second driver, okay, Alonso, if the second driver was Alonso, if the second driver was was like yes. Albon in the way that you could, do, so we would yes. see the trajectory a lot faster. Okay. Yeah. So. For for next year, then it's it's pretty obvious that Latifi doesn't really have a tenable seat for next year. I mean, his performances are getting worse and worse. Hey, Poor bloke. Hey, but how much is he paying? We don't know. Just say it's twenty million. Okay, that's bloody nice to a team like that. It's a lot of Lavazzas. You know, that's twenty percent. What uh, about twelve and third? Maybe fourteen, twelve and a half percent of their uh, <laughs> of their operating capital for the year. Accountants here. <laughs> Just love it skipped two or three percent. I'm doing the math mentally in my head, and it's a bit. We can see your eyes moving while you're <laughs> thinking. <laughs> it's about 13, 20. I can see the abacus moving behind it. <sighs> 20 million of 150 is a percent, is about 13, uh, 14. <laughs> I can see the abacus moving behind. It's <laughs> a comment of the year. Jeez. Someone, oh. someone do that. Jeez. figure out what that percentage like we don't actually care. is. It's a percentage. What are we talking about? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Williams. I'm a, I'm a genius. I'm a math genius. Yeah. Prodigy. <laughs> the hot dude. There it is. Uh, very good. Like, hey, let's keep going then. Alpha Tauri, uh, Yuki Tsunoda didn't have a wheel fitted properly, and then he did have a wheel fitted properly, and then his belts are loose, but his belts weren't loose. Uh, and then he Crash had a, gate. Then he had a diff problem. Crash gate. Now, Crash he, gate. he didn't That's... have a diff problem, did he? Because he, he has to surely just make something up. to. Because he's like, I don't want to finish now. I'm two laps behind everyone else, surely. Look, Crash gate. Go look, on. Look what happened. Look at the time in the race that happened. Max Verstappen was going to have to pit the again. Get your tinfoil beanies around. Max Verstappen yeah. was going to have to pit again. He was going to have to pass both George Russell and Lewis Hamilton on a new set of tyres, and he would have come out about seven and a half seconds behind them, and then that And happened. he would have done it no, he easily. No. Yes, he would have. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> so we had Checo spinning out and qualifying, and we had Yuki Tsunoda. I'm telling yeah. you, that, that organisation as a Red Bull organisation worked out perfectly for Maximus. <laughs> You're off your head. <laughs> Crash gate. All over again. No. Renault's done it. Flavio <laughs> and Fernando. 
It's happened again. All I've got written down is Yuki's the new Seb making his own engineering calls and going, no, the wheel is not on. Something's wrong. Wheel not fitted. Uh, good. So I don't think it was the wheel in the end. So the engineers were technically correct, but he was like, there's something wrong. They're like, nah, keep going. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 something's wrong. I also think when he pulled the car over, he started to take off his seatbelt. Yeah. Which he denied because that's, you get in trouble for that. So in the in the post race, they're like, so why were they redoing your seatbelt? He's like, oh, it just got loose. I was like, nah, mate, you you turned the car off. You were getting out. And they're like, no, get going again. So you're like, oh, I can't really put that back on myself. Yeah. Hence why he had to come in and get that redone. That was a that. complete disaster. Oh. Complete disaster. For again, for someone who's not contracted for that seat next year. No. Uh, He'll be there. Odd. Yeah. Odd. It's odd. You, you could see uh, Tost on the pit wall losing his mind. Like, why aren't you going? Yeah. But he's like, there's clearly something wrong here. Like, And Jensen was like, the driver knows more than yeah. whatever your computers are telling you. You should probably trust the guy out there who's in tune with this like machine that's highly crafted, obviously, but like they know the most subtle thing is changed. They don't need computers and sensors to tell them that yeah. there's something wrong. It's super bizarre. What about Gasly this weekend? Average at best. <laughs> you would say that if he won. Uh, again, scrappy is probably the, the, the word I would say. He, Did he finish he, in the points? No. <laughs> Shit. Average what, at best. Hey, James, so when we're doing this podcast in the Literally future, we should just start That's as 10. close to average as Just ignore as everyone else because it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you we didn't don't get a point, about, I don't care. We're not talking about Oscar Piastri next year. Nah. We're not talking about anyone below 10th. That's nah. it. No one if cares. If you come below 10th, Camby doesn't care. <laughs> no. What I'm saying is he was average at best. And there's 20 people on the grid and he came 11th. He only had one more place up the grid to literally be average in P10. My whipping boy. Whip, whip, whipping boy. Come 11th. He was best work, Zeke. He was coming 11th. He's out of the points. So he's average at best. It right. makes me want to have like a steak and like throw some peanut shells on the ground or something. <laughs> I just feel like I'm in a saloon. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Whoa. What was Bit that of restaurant back in the day? Lone Star. Oh, that's, Star. that's the vibe I'm getting right there. This isn't sponsored by Lone Star, but now, and I equivalently, it, it should be. And I, then I want to go to Sizzler for some cheesy garlic <laughs> bread shortly thereafter. That's a box of neutrals <laughs> reference. Um, Off the rails. Let's talk about Aston Martin. Uh, if we had some beers, Z, it would be great. Uh, Aston Martin, Seb Vettel. 14th had some little battles with Mick Schumacher. Wasn't a good, wasn't like Spa, it wasn't like last weekend in terms of a showing for him. And Lance Stroll, uh, it came out that he was the one who went off but in front of Vettel and Daniel Rick in qualifying, which caused yeah. the dust on track fiasco. Stroll uh, was average this weekend. When is he not? Yeah. He was, well, he finished 10th, didn't he? But he, he just did. stayed out of yeah. trouble. That's what you just said. 10th yeah, is average. average yeah. yeah. He hasn't finished high this year either. 10th is his best. Finishing position all year. I look forward to being fact checked on that. <laughs> I <laughs> I said on wrong, me. and he came ninth once. <laughs> I said on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he like technically finished on track tenth, and there was a penalty or something after he got ninth. <laughs> and you're wrong. <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> this is a great podcast. This is the best podcast we've ever done. Yeah, the, the people will talk, podcast. and they might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we should be starting again after this one. Mate. <laughs> The whole thing. Uh, let's let's move swiftly on then because Aston Martin was a bit of a – Nothing to report. Nothing really. to report. Um, McLaren, one of the drivers, there was nothing oh. to report. The other one, he was having some battles at least towards the front uh, in Lando Norris. Managed to get some good defending done. It has to be said and, and fair to him for, for that. Uh, and Danny Rick, he did like seven pit stops, it feels like. It felt like that, didn't it? Oh, what a nightmare. 
I think Camby nailed it. That was just a terrible strategy from the start. If you're yeah. starting back where you were, why were you not trying something different? When he was behind Alpine, he had his first pit stop, and then he came out right behind Seb Vittle. So he pitted to cover off Seb, who was behind him. Then that started a whole chain of events that was just an absolute shambles. I think his second and third pit stop. Um, what happened? When Hamilton passed uh, Perez mm. and Vettel came out in front mm. of them and they lost heaps of time, that happened to Danny Rick twice on his exits. One time it was Bottas and the other time it was like, look, he just had a dud race, but that car and Danny Rick in that car had no pace. They couldn't follow he, it was a bit like last week. Would get within two tenths and then couldn't do anything. The car shit under braking, shit, uh, shit down a straight. Crap with DRS. Sorry, I'll stop swimming for you, Jim. That, Shit's fine. You can that say shit. McLaren is just an absolute shambles. And when Danny Rick's driving, he can't do anything at the moment. He's just sitting there in a fighter jet and <clears> got no ammo. Write that one down. Thank you so much. Uh, it's so hard to watch. Oh. You and I have said this. Frey and I have said this, you and I have said this individually and then together as, as a group and Manus agrees as well. Do you agree, Zeke? Mm-hmm. You and I have also said that just earlier. <laughs> Zeke's always said that, actually. <laughs> that we're hard to watch. Uh, but it, it is, like, genuinely, and I said this on Sunday, I I have been incredibly sad about everything that's happened. Now, has he done an Alonso and a Mark Webber in terms of making poor choices in his career? Yes. Is the commentary fair right now about him being washed? No. No way. This car is absolutely woeful. And, you know, yeah, Lando's performing better in it. Obviously, that's that's fine. I'm not saying that Lando's not as good a driver as Daniel. He's just better at driving this car than Daniel is, and that's fine. Two different cars. If we put them both in a a Red Bull and, yeah, talk about history and everything else. Anyway, whatever. I, I was very sad. But I think one of the things that is sort of keeping me happy is watching how much happy he seems. Now, DR was pretty down in the dumps around Hungary because that's when yep. he was told. Now, I think he's coming to some peace with this. We have to accept, I think, or start accepting that Daniel Ricciardo is not driving next year and he might do a Mika Hakkinen sabbatical, which is we're still waiting for Mika to come back. So maybe maybe <laughs> Alpine's going to sign Mika Hakkinen. But I think we need to start preparing that. And you know what? That's okay because Daniel looks at least a little bit happier. We've still got Austin. We've got Suzuka on this calendar. So he at least is going to see out the, the rest of this year. The, the last couple of races that we've got, uh, uh, Monza, obviously some good memories there. Singapore, outstanding track. Uh, Suzuka, which is going to be great. We're going back to Austin, which we're going to love and we're going to try and get there next year. And you've got Mexico, Brazil, and then Abu Dhabi, which no one cares about. But for <laughs> the previous couple of races, like that's a really – like if this – is his last time in Formula One ever? It bloody hurts me to say that. Don't get me wrong, listener. I I want him to continue to race, but yeah. we need to accept that's the case. Now that's fine, right? We've got six really cool tracks that he gets to have some fun around. Let's just give him and a piece of shit car. A piece, a piece of shit of car. Shit team behind him, which is why I got a piece of shit CEO. Which is why I got Michael Laminato to show some bloody respect. <laughs> I just sent him a, a message like, "Hey mate, can you just voice note record me? <laughs> show some respect." He's like, "Why?" And it doesn't matter. I said, "We need to show show some bloody respect to Daniel Ricciardo's last couple of races." And uh, you know, I get people's different differing opinions on it, but Dr. If we he needs to do whatever is going to make him happy, and if that's not racing next year, 
that's fine. We've got Oscar in. It's going to be outstanding to have an Australian, hopefully two, as you said, at the very top of it. Um, but McLaren need to lift and give him something. Just do strategy. Like if the car's a piece of shit, which it clearly is, you guys don't know how to design a car, do strategy. I don't have faith, unfortunately. I Neither feel like I. it's going to be like when everyone announces mid-season, like we've seen in the past, that mm. the car just stops developing, the resources stop coming to that second driver, and they all go to Lando, and this car is never going to progress. It's going to remain exactly where it was. No more upgrades are coming for Daniel for the rest of the season. Mm. Like they're not going to give him a new power unit. Why didn't they give him a new power unit when he was already so true. sacrificed? Like this is so a perfect true. opportunity to do that, add more parts to the pool. They're not going to do that because why would they put resources into a driver that's exiting, give him IP, all these kind of things. They're just going to turn off the tap basically to his resource and he's going to fend for himself and hopefully enough people like him on his side of the garage to help him do good things for the rest of the season. That's all we can hope for. Yeah, one of the things that I know for certain is there are a lot of people inside the business that aren't the C-suite of McLaren who bloody love this guy, as they should. Uh, And, you know, I think the fact that, you know, he's got his manager, Blake, and Italiano there as well, who will help him sift through the bullshit uh, to yeah. keep him focused. But it's not, it is absolutely not the way that he or anyone would have expected his departure from Formula One, uh, which is incredibly sad because there is just no hope in hell of him getting anywhere near a podium at all for the rest of the season. See, Lando hinted that his uh, quality performance wasn't that good because of uh, some external pressures because of his misses. Broken up with his missus this week. No, I didn't that say that. In interview. I was like, bloody hell. I didn't know he had a missus. <laughs> I was like, mate, you're racing Formula One. He's like 12. How old <laughs> would she be? And now you're telling me that like, your qualifying performances like, got to do with the relationship with missus. She must be the hottest chick in the world if that's what you think about while you're driving a Formula One car. <laughs> what are you doing? You absolute muppet. He might mean he's prep, oh. like he's not getting sleep. Like, there's, it doesn't mean you're thinking about it while you're driving a car. Oh, toughen <laughs> up. Don't even say that. Oh, squid. <laughs> My whipping ball. Again, uh, let's move swiftly on from a rubbish team to a team that doesn't know how to keep drivers. Alpine, Fernando Alonso, oh. is, he is, he is, I know I keep saying that he's driving the best of his career. He is, in my opinion, driving the best of his career in a car that is not a top-winning car. Some of the battles and where he sticks that thing, he's no business finding grip on some of these lines, and he's still like, hello, and it's, like, genuinely awesome to see. Yeah, Alpine's in a little purple patch at the moment, a bit reminiscent of the 2019 with Danny Mm. Rick and that Renault. Just before McLaren took over them in the Constructors' Championship, right towards the end, that had this seven or eight race period where Danny Rick got three podiums, Ocon got one too, and the car was lightning quick. And it really, it was great on tyres and it came home in races a bit like the Mercedes is at the moment, just came home really strong. So it shouldn't surprise us that they've got that car back to performing that way and showing some of those characteristics with Fernando Alonso. So I don't think Ocon, what about Ocon? Where's he at for you boys? Like I don't... He's driving quick and he puts himself in the right positions, but he's not Fernando, is he? The annoying thing is he's – sorry to interrupt. The annoying thing is he's ahead of Fernando in the point standing, 66 oh. to 59. But that means nothing because of the previous bad luck that Fernando's mm. had and some issues with the car. So I think in terms of driving, Ocon has always been maybe a C plus. Yeah. 
Like he's the car. The car is good enough. Yeah. I mean, look. Let's look at. I mean, I mean, you put Gasly in a good car last year and he got good results. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But that's because he's an excellent driver. He is an excellent driver. And he's going to be an excellent driver yeah. next year at Alpine and smash Ocon as well. The way I would put Ocon, and it's from other sports, but he's an accumulator. He puts together stats. He does all these things. He gets good in basketball. You say uh, good stats, bad team. Basically, you're on a bad team, but you're getting these results. You're not contributing to winning or moving anything forward. You're just kind of accumulating these empty, hollow stats, which is random points when everything goes wrong for someone else. Like, it's not because you're truly great and earned those like Alonzo has every point he's got. So but what like Ocan, LeBron does. Like Michael Jordan used to just accumulate <laughs> stats and oh. in baseball. <laughs> For both of you also. That was you. Hang on. Oh, you had a go this. at him yesterday when oh, he wasn't right. even there about <laughs> hating on LeBron. I had to defend you. LeBron, king. Well, yeah. I mean, you're just wrong. And Mark knows that he's wrong as well. Just Take that you, Michael Jordan hat off immediately <laughs> in the corner. But I think the point stands. <laughs> he's literally wearing one. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> but the point stands that Ocon is just accumulating stats. Just plenty of luck. And Look at this guy. Goodness derailed me. What is podcast. what is going on? I think the point stands that Ocon is accumulating stats and points and yep. all these kind of things, but I don't think he's contributing to winning or moving the team forward or yep. doing any of these things which you'd argue is what Alonso does or like someone like Daniel of the past is doing. Regardless of result, you go, the process is Alonso is the better driver in that team. Ocon just happens to be lucky in the right place, right time and get these gifted results, it seems. Well, certainly his hungry win was absolutely right place, right time. He was like qualified 14th or something. The only reason he was <laughs> up the grid is because he was behind But Voltary. you're a race winner now. And yes. Do you know what I mean? And we, we forget all of the like underlying what happened behind that. But he, he is now a race winner as opposed yeah. to everyone else in the grid who's not yet a race winner. You'd argue we're better. I just don't see him. Well, there's no long-term value in this guy, right? It, they signed him to 2024. Where did, like, but where does he go after that? I think I was listening to Formula Beyond the e. Grid. Yeah, I was listening to Beyond the Grid, and uh, I mean, they were talking. Um, Tom Clarkson interviewed Esteban again, um, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm committed to staying with Renault Alpine because I think, you know, we've got something we can work together. I was like, mate, you're only saying that because you got literally nowhere else to go. Yeah, like he, this is it. I mean, and it's what we're saying. It's it's a shame for Daniel because quite clearly Esteban will be. Whoever drives alongside him next year, and at the moment could be Gasly, it could be Danny Rick, it could be whoever, you know, anyone else really in the mix, even Mick Schumacher, could be someone to show him up, like in my mind Fernando is. I feel like anyone who goes into that seat is likely to show him up, unfortunately. He's always going to be a B driver in a team. I don't yeah. see him ever as the one setting the tasks or like really driving the direction of how a car is set up and kind of developed. It's going to be him kind of going, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll just adapt to whatever and just poodle around and like hopefully get, some, get some points occasionally. <laughs> Did Cyril sign him? Uh, uh, yeah, the extension. Been. No. Not it was the, the new guy coming in, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, – no, yeah. Mike? I, it was about How 17. Long? No, then Mike It was it after three races last year. Yeah, so whoever – was it Laurent Rossi was – the team I don't know if interim one year. Oh, I don't know. That was a very confusing. No, because still didn't come into the Alpine outfit at all. Don't no, forget. No, so he no. left Renault when Daniel did. It was too. like pe- three people shared the role, wasn't it? Kind of. Yeah, it was many people. Hybrid thing. So, but that's the thing. Like, I get the French. Good. I get the French thing, right? And I get the Gasly going there as well. But I still don't understand why. I mean, when they changed it to Alpine, it was because. 
they weren't selling a lot of cars and Renault was, and we talked about this a while ago, Daniel Rick also left Renault because there was rumblings about them not staying in Formula One as, yeah. a, as a team. As a, he just wanted a better daily probably. Yeah, well, who can blame him? <laughs> you know, on a tweet, anyway. Uh, but like McGann. Twingo. Yeah, Twingo or <laughs> McGann Cup RS. That's still not very exciting. But for me, now that it's all sort of washed out again, surely you go back to the brand of Renault because you sell more Renaults. I don't think I've seen any nah. A110s anywhere, nah. ever. Is it a Euro thing? Do we even have them in Australia? No, yeah, be- we do have them in Australia. And look, fair enough. They're not, there might not, be three of them. There might be. Well, I think Oscar drove one this year at the Grand Prix. Oh. Maybe that was shipped in, but who knows? But like, I'm in, I'm in London, right? I'm at the high street where all of the cool cars are sitting. There is no Alpines anywhere to nah. be seen at all. I can't even tell you what they are. What do they even look like? I'm they, they're just now. like walk and chill versions of uh, like a Commodore. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just like this it's next just very bizarre. Fi- finishing school of a car. It's anyway, so why not go back to Renault and actually be a brand that you can sell more stuff with? Is anyway. that what it is? It's like an ugly version of a Porsche. Yeah, that, it looks a bit odd, wrong. doesn't it? That is horrible. Mm. I wouldn't be driving around that if I was Next week on Campy's Classic Car Reviews. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd tune in, actually. <laughs> oh, look at my troopy. It's always just exclusively his troopy that's we not in the country. We should try We'll just car reviews. We'll show you some cars. Anyway, it's very think. odd. I know we've we've digressed significantly, but it's just very odd to me that Alpine is like that. So I understand that you sign a French driver to a French team, but when the other drivers are in the mix right now, surely there are you'd be looking at going, cool, well, we should have kept... Alonso on a two-year deal and we should have brought in Piastri. We said that earlier in the season. Uh, it would have been good for everyone. Instead, now they've got either of them. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't have committed to Oscar when he won F2 just about. Like God. that early is like, how soon can we get this guy? But if that had happened, where would Danny Rick be next year? We would stay in McLaren. Do we want that though? No, I agree. With, like, okay, oh, good, good There's point. There's your logic. Damn. Right. Mm. right. Or let's, none of. Right, let's, let's agree to not talk about where Danny Rick's going next year until it's actually announced. You brought it up, not yeah. me. Well, you right. did. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in the bin. I'm putting myself it's in the bin. I think also, this hasn't been acknowledged yet. Campy does not have a beanie on. That's true. Is this the first time you've ever been on camera of some kind? Like, what does it look like? So it probably looks like I'm bald. Goodness me. It's, and it's actually a very big shot of your head too. Yeah. You're ahead yeah. of Campy. Oh, yeah. you're, I mean, you're ahead of Campy. You're ahead of Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. just going to put myself in the bin. Um, should we keep talking about anyway. F1? Uh, Ferrari. I don't know how to be a Formula One team. At a 12.6, was it, from memory, second stop for yeah. Carlos Sainz? 12.6. Stationary plus the, yeah, the pit lane. Jeez. Yeah. Um, forgot a tyre. Got Forgot a tyre. He got a penalty... Ferrari got a penalty for releasing him into Alonso's way, and Alonso absolutely could have put some yeah, brake pressure on, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> nope, yeet. Uh, and, if, and again, good front wings. Alonso knows from last weekend that the front wings work pretty well, so he could just keep driving at signs. <laughs> um, that was very bizarre. It was a very tight pit lane, to be fair to Carlos. Yeah. Um, but Ferrari stuffed that up. Well, and also... Uh, not breaking enough under yellows, potentially. He got another We well, got a penalty, yeah, and a five-second penalty for, yeah. for that, overtaking Espen Ocon and then overtaking and then overtaking him again yeah, and then gave was... the position back. But it was so odd. I don't know. That one was harsh, wasn't it? It was a weird location, but unfortunately it's 
it's up on your your dash. And you well, can see yeah, it early the yellow enough, flag, the yellow is flag dash. Was on your dash. I think when it, I think when it comes to safety and the fact that VB literally had nowhere to go, yeah, as in like out of the car, I understand that. I think there's some silly penalties that have been handled out the last couple of years. Next lap, there was a problem for me where Alonso. Carlos and Ocon all locked up going into that turn. I was just like, what? On that was because the, the, was the safety, safety car, car was called real late. Why would? Why wasn't that an instant safety car? The guy but stuck on were. on the straight. I was going to say this throughout the the Sonoda one and this one should have been safety cars straight away. There was no way those cars were going to restart in their own energy or be recovered without having to have a safety car. It's idiotic. Just do it straight away. They were flying into turn one way quicker than they yeah. should have been. And then they braked and locked up. It was odd. Alonso did, yeah. That was, oh, that. But he had to react to no, what I was agree, happening, yeah. and it wasn't just because they were going too fast, regardless of whether the safety car was coming out. It was yellows, so yeah. we can move on. I just would have put Norris further up the grid. That's not what we want to see. <laughs> uh, he ended up finishing eighth, which he but he crossed line in fifth yes, from memory. Yeah. So. Again, it's just massive disappointment. He was so flat on the radio, and I don't blame him. Charles Leclerc at least finished in third, uh, and that, but that was only Despite because of Lewis's everything. yeah poor strategy call from Mercedes' point of view. Um, I guess it was good for him to have a point, but still, like the gap is still so significant between him and Max. There's no way that anyone else is winning this world trip championship unless something really happens yeah. in the next two or three races. Um, let's talk about Mercedes. This call by Russell, mate. They had the win. They had that. If that, if that, if that race had played out with no incidents, they had the win in the bag. There's no way Max would have pitted and come through and passed them on track after making up about a ten second deficit to Mercedes. All great. That car is quick in the second half of a race, and they gambled last night. They went on the one stop. I mean, Lewis whinged. Afterwards, he was pretty good. He wins when he's in the car. He said, you don't know how pissed off I am. I don't like that. Tie that up, Lewis. But what the flow-on effect, the problem is, is when you take a risk by taking a one-stop, you put yourself in a position of jeopardy so that if a safety car or a virtual or something comes out, you run the risk that someone can, you know, pit behind you, get on fresher tyres and the gap be different, or you pit where you would have had the lead, you pit and you come out behind. That's just the reality of the play. But I think we're going to see Mercedes win two or three races on the way home this year, and they've got genuine pace in that car. I don't think they should have pitted George Russell. I think if they really wanted to win, they would have had a buffer between Max Verstappen and Lewis, I think he probably would have, Max would have still won the race either way if they had done that. But it's just poor management from Mercedes when they should be fine for wins, not just podiums. Yeah, and just where Lewis restarted as well, just absolutely handed Stupid. Max yeah. Yeah. that toe. Yeah. I had a few things. I think – I disagree with Camby. I think Max still would have won because he only did that second pit stop when he did to cover off because there was a full pit stop gap. He would have waited longer, stretched those tyres out. They would have been fresher at the end. He would have built up more time. You're in the bin. He was committed to a two-stop. He was, but not at that point. He had to pit a second time. He did, but not then. He was going to wait longer. The the fact that he went straight the lap after was only because the Mercedes did. And there was that time. He had a full pit-stop window to come out front again. That's the only reason he did it. He would have extended. So he he pitted. Oh, a you're talking about after the initial incident. 
What do you mean? The Yuki. incident happened in the race we watched, mate. There's no, like, what if there was no incident? Before the Yuki thing, the Yuki Sonoda thing, it was Hamilton was going all the way up. Imagine if there was no sand on the, on the track or it rained. Like, let's just throw out some more hypotheticals, Campy, that didn't happen. No. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. That's the podcast. Uh, yeah. Regardless, <laughs> I think. You're a muppet. Think about you can't what you say just said. if something didn't happen that happened. No, but we're saying, well, my point was, up until that Yuki Sonoda incident, Mercedes had that one-two in the bag. And it was, they were going on a one-stop. Max is committed to a two-stop. He had a 10-second lead over Hamilton. Hamilton was gaining on him by half a second a lap. Max had to pit again, and he would have been 10 seconds behind with 25 laps to do. There's no way that was going to win until the Yuki Sonoda um, and the Valtteri Bottas thing incidents happened. There was no way Max had that win doing a two-stop. But I'm saying it's, it's disingenuous because everything changed because Mercedes went early, so Max went early. So it, everything's out regardless. No, I, th- I Mercedes think Mercedes went late because they did a one-stop. Yeah, but they went for the second one, which made Max go, oh, I can go again as well and still cover you off. Yeah, but after they, they did that because anyway. of the incident. You're missing what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that the main – <laughs> You're both in the beer. The main point I wanted to make was to hear Lewis cracking it over the radio. Let's flip this back to VB days. If VB was in the situation in front and Lewis was behind in third, he would 1,000% ask for soft tyres to do exactly what Russell did, which is just the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard. He would always make that call to go for the win. If Bottas had also (laughs) said that too, he would have been told no. Exactly. So Bottas would have been told no. But if if the roles are reversed, Lewis would 1,000% yeah, ask for those tyres to make that exact same call that Russell did. He just doesn't like that it happened to him and he was hung out to dry, which I get. And also, like, I think uh, it was in the cool down. We saw all three of the, the podium drivers talking to, like, no chance Lewis had that on the restart. Yeah. They're like, you cannot get those tyres going. When they're cool, after a cool down lap, he was a sitting dark. And they all agreed, like, instantaneously. So... They, Max, they knew what they were doing. Max had to win. He was my mega driver for the week in fantasy. <laughs> so, uh, that was, yeah, that was actually a good call by me when I remembered that I had to do something with that fantasy team. Uh, let's talk about Red Bull because Verstappen was always going to win that camp. You don't know what the hell you're thinking about. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But he was he was dominant in the, mo- the majority of the race. Yeah. But strategy-wise, not sure Red Bull had it. If, yes, if you delete the incidents that happened, yeah. the Mercedes strategy was pretty solid. Yeah. It was going to uh, get him a win. And as you were saying, the car is performing a lot better on lower fuel than other cars, I think, which is where it's finding its pace in the second yep. half right of the race. Yeah. Yep. So unlike the Ferrari who burnt through its tires like that with Carlos, it seemed. Inter- um, interesting for me, though, is that mm. Lewis only lost 10 seconds to Max in that first stint. You know, because he was stuck behind Carlos. He had the pace to keep up with the, the three of them in the first part of that race, which is telling. We haven't seen Mercedes do that all year. Mm. Yeah, mm. they've unlocked something, haven't Definitely. they? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is good. We want a bit of fight back towards the front. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, look, I think George was great. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I th- he made the right call. Yeah. He made the right call for George. And, like, that's what you've got to do. End of the day, yes, it's a team, but also it's an individual sport most yeah. of the time. We Lewis talk about the drivers' championship, too. not the constructors. Yeah. No one cares. Lewis almost took him out on the main straight, too. It was a weird sort of, like, oh. dummy thing. I was cool. Yeah, you saw, Lewis, um, you saw uh, George get off the gas. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah, he had to when he was pulling past. Interesting to see. But yeah. this is the thing, though, right? I think for Mercedes, they're kind of lucked out by the fact that they've got two 
very good drivers in their car. Yeah. Now, I don't know what's going on with Sergio Perez, but it doesn't feel like he's at that same level as what he was at Monaco. Do you want to just take your phone off, that should off be the a table? Phone. Yeah. No. Definitely a phone. No, I think you're right. I think he's not as sharp as he was tail end of like last season and the yeah. start of this season. I just feel like it's, do you know, like Mercedes have got two drivers that are outstanding, right? And they're just smashing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the moment, Red Bull isn't. If you need to take your phone call, Campy, go take your phone call. We'll keep talking. She's rang three times now, so... Uh, all right, let's do. Still a fine. Let's. It is. It is a fine. <laughs> I'm going to keep going because we're going to do this part of the podcast. <laughs> I couldn't hear a single thing that was being said behind. <laughs> the whole table was vibrating. In case you're wondering what's going on. Oh, etiquette, people. Uh, you well, look. Thank you to you if you've changed your fantasy team name ahead of the Dutch Grand Prix. All 157 of you, uh, Tommy T. I have gone through uh, and found my favorite uh, favorite names ahead of uh, of recording this. And I tell you what, again, there's a lot of you who are changing your names, and I think it's fantastic. Um, also, can someone tell Campy that you don't need to shout to be on the telephone? He's yeah. on a completely different level from where we currently He's about are. Three rooms away. I can still. I could feel him, feel his voice. Uh, okay, here we go. Ferrari versus tyre, Gemma C. Zach Brown is a lying. See you next Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> see you in the NT. Um, and that's a Northern Territory, I should say. See you in the NT. It's a great advertising campaign. Get your head out of the gutter, guys. Uh, Rory N, well done. Orange Haze, all in my brain. Paul W. Seb's skinny headband. Yeah, he loved a bit of a skinny headband. I didn't used to rock that when I was playing basketball. Did back you? In yeah, I did. Did you? Is that also when you got metal, metal brand, band as well? Nah. Nah. Well, I didn't have long hair when I was playing in band. Oh. Odd. I feel that's like, should have been a prerequisite. I yeah. Um, also, I enjoyed when uh, Rachel Brooks was talking to George Russell and they were doing the, the walk and Seb was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you are sorry. You are recording something. Very funny. Um, Mambo number five, McLaren's idea of a tyre strategy. <laughs> Haley oh. H. Where did I leave my wheel gun? Question. Nathan D. <laughs> Circuit uh, Zant Verstappen. Daniel B. Stroop waffles are faster than a McLaren. Daniel T, yes, good point. Zach Brand's weird fetish for Australians. <laughs> Michael S. <laughs> it's flares out and away we smoke. LBS, land of the long orange cloud. Samuel good. R. Love that a lot. Second best red lights of the Netherlands. Kelly W. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, Shamdo Norris. Uh, Hillary Crofty needs a Stroop waffling on. Thomas B and Orange Flares, Cly Max, Jane W. Uh, well done to you, Claire, uh, for, I mean, Claire, you also need to update your team name. Team one is. Uh, nah, I rate that. I hope that wins. <laughs> 327 points. That's a big one. That's a huge haul. Um, Gemma C, Ferrari versus Tyre from Australia on 293 points. And on the curves, Timo A from Ireland, 284 points. I was fourth, annoyingly. <laughs> VB stuffed <laughs> my. I got fourth every week. Stuffed my team. Uh, anyway, well, lads, that is. Is our review podcast of the Dutch Grand Prix next week. We are going to Monza, Monza which is going to be outstanding. Now, I'm not going to be here in the studio, so a shout-out to anyone who's in London who listens to this podcast. If there's anywhere good to watch the race in London, please let me know. It would be good to catch up with some of you and watch that Grand Hopefully Prix. Hopefully you can tune into Channel 4. Uh, just literally anything that's – no, no, I can't. It has <laughs> to be Sky F1. F1, HQ. 
No. Because oh. they don't show it at F1 HQ because they're all at the racetrack happy. Uh, anyway, that, that is it for this week. So, yes, I'll be in London for the next couple of weeks. But these guys, these beautiful human beings, uh, will be in the studio. Don't forget. Are you zooming in? Yep, on Friday. You charge while you're away. Yes. Okay. Uh, Ferrari. Like Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari is not in charge. I just feel like we've had a substitute <laughs> teacher walk in the classroom. No, it will be good for Z. Uh, <laughs> there will be Freya's Friday free practice, whatever she's decided. Uh, she, I think she's decided something. I'll let her talk about it. Uh, but that's on Friday. You can watch that and listen to it, of course, on all the platforms and Campy's Corner with some excellent yeah, branding. You know, give me some you don't get you don't get it. That's it. Just, no. Done the graphics. That's it's a great great doing both. Yeah. <laughs> well, well that's it. Bit. Thank you. The bin was great. The bin was great. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen that yet, go and onto our YouTube channel to watch it. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, if you want to support the show, don't forget you can become a patron on our Patreon link is in the description below. You can grab some merchandise or subscribe to us on YouTube. It costs you absolutely nothing. We need to get to a thousand subs. Uh, by the end of the year. Zeke, massive thank you to you for producing this. Boys, thank you to you. And we'll see you at the Italian Grand Prix in Yeah? I don't know. Are you asking? You <coughs> I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking for yeah, advice. Are you on stream yet or what? I'm not live streaming this. I don't even need this Honda. Every time, every <laughs> podcast, without fail, you'll be like, let's try to set this up for half an hour. Like, don't even need it. <laughs> don't eh? even need it. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. <laughs> All right, here we go. Everyone's ready.